It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And yet it's another depressingly victorious stop hammer time relentless the relentless grind of constantly winning football matches is really beating us down in these strange covid times here to pick over the corpse of yesterday's shambles of a football match are as always jim grant good evening hello jim hi am. how are you are you in your uh, man cave yeah, in my man den yeah i can see yeah. the i can see the dartboard there the dartboard behind I'm getting me, yes. getting much use yeah. Yeah. um not a lot, no, you know. Well, you need to put boring. it in front of you. Uh, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think we did jokes. I think we did jokes along this vein last yeah, week or the I week before. I don't think there's yeah. anything. Um, but uh, it does mean that you and your dartboard are like the, that picture of the Cray twins with uh, essentially um, Ronnie yeah. Cray replaced with a dartboard. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't used it a lot. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd like to, you know. I used to be quite good at darts, so I'd like to get good at Jim, there it. isn't time. Let's no. uh, let's move on. <laughs> Joining us also this week, it's uh, Mr. Philip Pitt. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, Phil. You've, uh, you, you're wearing a West Ham top. I am. I, <laughs> shockingly, because of lockdown, I've been in pyjamas all day. Right. And as I was rushing, and I, I can never remember whether these are video or audio podcasts, I thought I'd throw something on. And um, this is my my new purchase, the, the M&M craze where everyone got a cheap official shirt i, I managed to get one in time so yeah. oh excellent that's very yeah. good uh, also with us this week it is mr colin milne and as you can see i'm also wearing a west ham top yes yes yeah, very it, it was during our florida keys visit in 1984 yes yeah in fact uh, you are you're in a hawaiian shirt like like the hawaiian hammers the, yeah uh, the not so much crime fighting yes, uh, like except uh, not. West Ham group, the crime West Ham group. Um, <laughs> um, they 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 turn fighting into a crime. Uh, mm. so, yeah, so, so it's like crime slash fighting uh, rather than crime fighting. Um, all right, um, so I'm going to be beaten up now. Um, luckily, lockdown will prevent that. Uh, we uh, we won a game of football yesterday against uh, Sheffield United, who I hate. And uh, they're very pleasing, very pleasing. Um, Tevez Derby. 
yeah, beat them very convincingly. That's a, a, a four-nil aggregate this season, which is uh, all very acceptable. You know, I don't, I don't like hating them. Uh, that Chris Wilder seems uh, nice. Seems like a nice bloke, but um, they've given us no choice, have they? Jim, you, I, I was thinking today we we went to see our friend Caroline Leddy, yeah. a yeah. Sheffield lass who lived in London, and we went to see the Blades. She had no one to go with, and uh, we went to see that the Blades play Charlton with her, didn't we? We did, and I also yeah. went to see them play Crystal Palace. Yeah, so I, think I, I, I might feel have gone to that. sad that it's it's gone the way it's gone, really, because back in the day, before I'd, like, I'd hasten to add, this was all long, long before the the Tevis uh, affair. Um, I, I, you know, as, as northern clubs go, I had a reasonably soft spot for them. The sound bunch of fans, um, you know. It's a real shame it, it went the way it did. Yeah. That but turned out to be horrible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. I'm more interested in hearing about Jim's affair with, with Tevez, actually. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah, the, Tevez, the Tevez affair, he speaks fondly, <laughs> fondly. Very Keep that quiet, or otherwise Sheffield United will be making some sort of lawsuit against Philip. Jim will end up owing £25 million to Sheffield yeah. United, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and, yeah. and and five points. Yeah. Uh, when there was yeah. a third, it was the when there was a third party. It was because you had a threesome with a, <laughs> with a, a glamorous uh, exotic dancer called Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was the third party in that uh, affair. So no, we, it, 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 no, it was no, she wasn't. It was it was in fact Dusty Hare, the ex England rugby union fullback. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, but they've got to do something when they retire, don't they? Um, so, it makes uh, it very difficult with those cauliflower ears to grab onto anything. So you did very well there, Jim. <laughs> the scrum is interesting, though. Yeah. They're very spongy, those ears, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but um, we won, and we won 3-0, quite convincingly. Uh, and... Um, um, uh, I feel sometimes I feel when when games are won by set pieces, I feel a little bit guilty. I feel like a, a sort of survivor's guilt when you win games through set set pieces. But in fact, um, we haven't had a penalty for ages, so we sort of deserved one. And I think our attacking play uh, made a penalty sort of inevitable. Um, actually, I thought the way Jesse Lingard won his uh, reminded me a lot of. Um, Paul Ince winning his in the uh, Holland game in Euro 96, running into the area at such a lick that basically anything, if a moth got in your way, you'd you'd catastrophically fall over like a derailed train. Yeah, but he was properly cleaned out, wasn't he? I mean, he was, was, yeah, yeah. It was just like... <laughs> I mean, how, how, how wasn't that a red? Surely there was no intention well, to play the ball. That's yeah. a red card, right? yeah. I, I felt that when I first saw it, but actually, I think, uh, in fact, Lingard's um, sort of touch on the ball is a bit heavy and it is going away from him, actually. So I'm not sure he was about, it looks as though he's about to pull the trigger, doesn't it, when you see it, when you mm. saw it first time at full speed. Mm. But I think, um, I, I don't think it was a shooting opportunity. I think he pushed the ball too far away from him. So I, 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 I'm, I, rather players not get sent off for things if possible I think it spoils games and um you know I, I unless it's really you know this you know violent conduct yeah. dangerous yeah. or 
hugely significant. You know, the, the archetypal Willie Young on Paul Allen in the 1989 yeah, final. I think, final. That I, think I think we all do, but in a way, I, th- I, I sort of agree with Phil because of this set of, you know, directives they've given themselves. Yeah, when, they, yeah. when they are giving penalties for the tiniest feather-like touch in the area, that penalty, <laughs> yeah. as you say, totally cleaned him out, you know. Oh, yeah, no, Travelled yeah. in the air for about six yards <laughs> after the initial point of contact. He nearly ended up in the goal. It was just a, a you know absolute proper cleaning out. It was sort of quite comedy. It looked really good. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I think if it had been up yeah. the other end, we would have said, you know, we would have felt really aggrieved if it had been a red. But immediately after the contact, uh, and looking at some comments online today, you know, as as is it, as idiotic as I was to look at them, but even from the the Sheffield United fans, they're saying, yes. you know, unbelievable that he wasn't a red. You know, we deserve that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like I'm like Jim, you know. I'm, I, th- I think we're all we've all got our own teeth here, just about uh, on 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 this call, and um, nobody likes to see it. We want to see a good game of of football, um, but the the new laws and some of the VAR interpretations as well um, just make the game to be, you know, something akin to like you know a, a, a board game at times very strict rules no interpretation you know when it's it is a physical game it's a you know it's a contact sport and i think you know very often that gets that gets forgotten yeah, um, yeah. so it's not it's nice i mean at the same oh, time did you not think that that was well referee i thought yeah, he, the referee did make an awful lot of good calls during that game mm. Yeah, it's one of those. One of those. When you come out the back of it, if you haven't really noticed the referee, it's been a good refereeing game, you know. Yeah. And he didn't get in the way of much. He didn't stop for, you know. There wasn't many niggly challenges and people throwing themselves on the floor as well. Um, both teams wanted to give it a go. Sheffield United obviously had their reasons. And I think, I think very early on, we we matched them quite physically, very early on, and. Um, I think we smelled blood in the water when we could have had that that initial penalty and thought, well, what you know, why aren't we going for it? And mm. I don't think we really ever got out of second gear. You know, we we had a bit of a stroll around, and considering it wasn't all first choice all over the park, and it was a slightly different setup, I thought we'd done really, really well. Yeah, Colin, what did you make of it all? I think it it certainly was a slightly different setup, and I think it was the easiest thing in the world to look at that. Um, line up at the beginning of the game and think, well, that's very negative for Sheffield United. Um, But I think it belied the way they actually played because it looked like um, five at the back. But in all honesty, I think it was more like three at the back for most game and he used uh, the wing backs very, very cleverly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, I think it was a revert to... Is my sound quality okay? Yeah, it's fine, Colin. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it was a reversion to okay. the kind of the kind of the way a lot of games have been won this season. It fits a pattern, you know. Um, mm. You're we're happy for the opposition to have the ball, um, uh, very very tight and well organised mm. in defence, um, and breaking effectively and 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 good on the counter attack and good and efficient at set pieces. So all the all the statistics, mm. you know, they had more possession, but we had more shots on goal with the expected goals was high. You know, in the end it was a, well, yeah, it was a yeah. kind of 
comfortable. It was like a kind of routine. I mean, for years on this podcast, we used to make, we would make jokes about uh, defeats, regular you know defeats at the Emirates being you know well we turned up, we did everything you needed to do to lose that game. It was like a very kind of routine. And mm. now this team, it's starting to be the case that you just kind of expect them not in a kind of arrogant kind of kind of arsenal kind of way, but you, you just expect them to to win games, to be competitive. You know, yeah. it, it, there's a consistency I, about the level I, of performance. I, that's I think that's so right. That, that, that is so right because at nil-nil, before we got the penalty, just before half-time, I thought that was, a, that was a game that we're always going to win. A goal would come and a win would follow. I didn't actually ever have the feeling that there was going to be any difficulty about that game. Not at all. Strange feeling that, isn't it? Yeah. As a West Ham yeah. fan. I mean, it, it's sort of somewhere in the middle of two of the types mm. of game that we've had. We had our, um, yeah. you know, the, the last Sheffield United game before this one and the uh, Fulham game where we did win 1-0, but it was it was deemed by most, probably including us, that we didn't play particularly well and that the, you know, we sort of got away with a win. The other team uh, were dominant, probably the too strong a word, but sort of were the team more on top. Then we have the games where, like the Villa game, our 3-1 recent Villa game, where clearly we were on top, I would say, for most of that game. Villa had a spell. This was somewhere in the middle, wasn't it? It... it the blades were working very hard, and mm. we were finding it hard to um, uh, sort of break them down because we were sort of dealing with their attacking threat a lot. But we were dealing with that threat sort of quite comfortably. Yeah, I, was, um, I mean, yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, but yeah, but for the first time in ages, it's, it's weird seeing a West Ham team who are comfortable on the ball. You don't think a pass is going to go awry. No one gets no. a bit panicked. You know, Rice. Some of the stuff that Rice do, you don't necessarily equate him with a skillful player that glides across the surface, you know. But he's he's looked immense of recent weeks and, and very skillful, easily um, you know, very, very happy in, in in possession of the ball, looking to spray it or pass it short, whatever needs to be done. It's a strange feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, because a couple of, uh, I think because it is such a sort of strange sensation to be in this form, it is making quite a lot of people sort of a bit uncomfortable. And you see that on uh, social media quite a lot. I've seen comments uh, along the lines of, uh, yeah, well, it's not champagne football, is it? Like Moyes is quite, <laughs> do, um, let's face it, you know, within the last couple of weeks, let's face it, Moyes is not the man to take us forward blah, 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 blah. Uh, again, you know, a sort of um, allusion to some kind of boring, pragmatic football that it's imagined he's playing. Uh, what do we think? I think I think the sort of sensation, that, that sensation comes out of some of these uh, wins that, we're, that we do sit back and kind of soak it up and uh, hit them on the break and stuff, that somehow this is dour football and we're sort of getting away with it well I, I, I don't I don't really agree with that at all I mean that I think um, I think counter-attacking football which is largely what Moyes wants to play is exciting football to watch mm, um, and uh, some of those breaks that and, and uh, you know I think um, uh, Moyes does bring in and does like attacking players and does does use them effectively I mean you know the Lingard signings looking like a, another another shrewd 
uh, piece of business, isn't it? I mean, he was, um, I think he was tired. In, you know, I think he, he struggled in the Fulham game, but that was possibly a, a, a response to, to, to Villa being his first game in, in, in quite a while. Um, uh, but he was back to that kind of form that he had at Villa um, last night. I thought he was scintillating. I thought he was the best player on the park. Um, you know, the, the pace with which he breaks, running with the ball at pace. Yes. Um, you know, he picks apart, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I thought it was a fantastic performance and, and a real threat. And, and you just sense that all the while you've got him and you can, you can break with him, you know, you've got a chance to create something. And mm. he shoots and hits the target. He just keeps hitting the target, doesn't he? I mean, he makes the goalkeeper save it, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, go on, come um, As far as hitting the target, I think he's, he's it's okay. Mm. Yeah, I think he's beginning to get the same sort of reputation that we have with Denver. Yeah. He didn't shoot all the time, but when he did, he'd either test the goalkeeper or it would be bang on target. Mm. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a, it was a good uh, acquisition for us because obviously we were sort of in the market for a striker and we were chasing strikers, but clearly, you know, we're just getting our offers knocked back and stuff because people don't have to sell in the transfer window if they've got a striker that, you know, yeah. it, it fits in well and is important to their plan, so they don't sell them, you know. Um, and some, you know, sometimes the ones that they are willing to sell aren't very good. So, a kind of creative attacking midfielder to give a bit of respite to, uh, you know, Ben Rama, uh, Bowen, Fornells, uh, and and be able to rotate that bit for the second half of the season when tired legs are starting to feature was almost exactly what we want. You know, like um, often, you know. Uh, if we needed something in a game, Allardyce would sort of bring another striker on, whereas the problem clearly was sort of in the midfield. We needed to actually create something, uh, not just bring another big man and put them at the front of the attack for the ball not to reach them. So it's sort of another attacking, another attacking player that creates opportunities um, and that we could sort of rotate with the others seemed absolutely spot on for us and he totally fits that bill in fact I can sort of remember when that sort of story that Deli Ali or the perception that Deli Ali was uh, falling massively out of favour at Spurs I sort of thought even though he seems a bit horrible I thought I wonder if we could get him for half a season the end of the season and Lingard is very much like Deli Ali, I think probably a bit better but um uh and less cheaty but um <laughs> uh, I, I, I think Lingard's been a, a an excellent acquisition um I mean last night was was you know really uh, it was like a showcase performance from him his directness um especially compared with some others that we have in midfield, you know, the Lanzinis and even Ben, ben Rama to, to, to some extent because they don't always look to go straight forward. They'll look to play it around the guy or play it square. As soon as he was getting the ball last night, all he wanted to do is get into their box or yeah. get a shot on goal. You could tell he was desperate to get on the short score sheet. It really complements how how Moyes is setting us up, you know, as Jim said. Um, that, that attacking, counter-attacking rather threat uh, you need guys like him who's going to break. And we saw that last night. That that run he went on from our half straight to theirs. It was almost like you know the the you know dare we say it again uh, reference those those boys down the road again. But this, the the Son goal for Spurs against um, 
Burnley, wasn't it? I think where he, he ran the length of the pitch and started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was willing him to do the same thing just so that we could have you know the same plaudits from the from the commentators sort of thing. But yeah. he, he he was excellent last night, and I, I really want to see more of that from him because in, in the current setup we've got, that's exactly what we need. I thought the front, front I thought the front three were good. You know, I thought Lanzini came in and did a decent job. <clears throat> you didn't miss a striker, um, did we, Jim? You didn't miss that striker last night. No, well, you know, Bowen, Bowen puts a shift in, doesn't he, and runs yeah. channels. And uh, so I think, you know, the, the, having players like that, we've got a lot of those kind of, flat, you know, attacking midfield sort of players who uh, who can interchange. And, and you can do without um, the conventional striker. I think we look more threatening in many ways than we did when we were trying to play with the target man you know um, yeah. because you you end up hitting long balls that way or uh, and you can easily end up with your with your big man getting isolated um so i'd rather us play with with if we haven't got the striker i'd rather us play with you know three or four nippy attacking midfielders who interchange and knock the ball around you know and i thought um you know johnson's looking more and more like a like a like a serious professional footballer every, yeah, time, every time he plays, you know he, he was so solid. Now, you know, yeah. so yeah, um, yeah it's 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 remarkable in the sense that we've talked about the consistency, and yet the consistency is quite often with different personnel. You know, it's a team that that keeps being reinvented in a way. It keeps you know um, bits fall off, but other bits turn up and <laughs> and do rather well, and and. There's a sense that them are all involved, and I like that about the fact that you haven't got people who are sitting for weeks and weeks on the touchline, you know, on the bench, getting resentful and whatever. You know, Lanzini's been involved, Fredericks has been involved, um, scored a goal. You know, um, Diop now, who I thought came in, grew into that game uh, and did well. You know, well, it was, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? That that yeah. we were able to rest Ben Rama, who then came on and was instrumental. Absolutely, in really nice goal. That 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 move at the end. Obviously, United Sheffield United were tired, but uh, it was a really nice goal. That that was a nice yeah. kind of you know talented players finding each other uh nice one touch stuff the final ball from ben rama just put it on a plate for fredericks who because he was fresh had the patience to you know just shovel it sideways until he could get a shooting opportunity and then absolutely leathered it in into a gap that was about you know two inches wider than the ball you know absolutely yeah. pinpoint that was, accurate shot that was clinical wasn't it yeah brilliant and you know, I think he's good, and those are good. Those are good guys that we were able to have on the bench to come on and make a difference. You know, at the end of the game and score our, you know, our one uh, non-set piece goal. And similarly, yeah, the 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 our central defensive pairing was, um, you know, different from the beginning of the season entirely. So, you know, um, not. Yep. Uh, I mean, how how good has Dawson been since coming in? Yeah, incredible, been amazing. Been amazing, and he's the ultimate kind of um, proof of, of Moise's judgment of players, in, in, in my view. You know, I mean, uh, he, he was much to you know, people were the internet was fuming about his arrival, wasn't it? You know, yeah. uh, it was another Roger the Renegator, as far as most people were concerned. Um, but Moise seems to do his like his homework on, on, on players, and and um, and that and and homework not just on their on their footballing ability, but their 
their character. You know, are they going to fit yeah. in with the team? Are they going to, you know, um, I think we were, ex- some people were thinking of, of, um, of Lingard as another kind of sort of uh, young kind of gangster gone wrong kind of, kind of, and he's not like that at all, is he? Um, no. Uh, he's a bit of a kind of cocky show off, but he's, but he's actually clearly kept himself incredibly fit in the period of time. He's not been, fully involved at, at, at Manchester United and, and you know, he's looked absolutely up and ready for it from the get-go, hasn't he? He hasn't, he hasn't taken time to adjust. He seems to be on the wavelength of of players and, there's, and so there's a kind of professionalism there that obviously Moyes was familiar with from, from his time at Man United. So he's he's really proving to be a, a, a excellent judge of a player, I think. Yeah, I mean, Lingard in particular, you don't, it, you say and I'm not saying you said this about him, but people are saying, obviously, that he's cocky and the rest of it. But is cockiness, you know, is it is it confidence that we're getting that confused with? Yeah. He's won things with Manchester United. Yeah. We don't usually attract players of that calibre. No, know, and, right. and usually teams loan players when they're in dire straits or they're near the bottom of the table in dire straits, you know? We, we, we're competing in that top half of the table. You know, we can, dare we say it and dream it, the top six, and we've still loaned a player in. And yeah. he, he's actually wanted to come to us. And he's settled in so well. I mean, you see the camaraderie on the pitch and some of the videos afterwards with Rice, you know, having a laugh about who was taking the penalty and stuff. You know, a, you know, big shout out to Rice, you know, as, as, as standing captain for Noble. You know, he's really epitomising that role. He's doing a great job as captain this season. Yeah, I think there's a yeah. sort of there's a, a a very sort of clear set of motivating factors for Lingard, aren't there? Because there's England, there's his England place that yep. he'd like to, um, uh, you know, resume, and there's forcing the issue with Manchester United. Do you want me or do you want to sell me? You know, I'm going to go and play for these guys and be great, and uh, that's going to you know force your decision making. And um, I think that was probably. You know, Moyes at the front of Moyes' thoughts about getting this guy in. You know, here's here's a guy who's, uh, you know, kicking his heels at his other club, but has a point to prove, you know, rather than just kicking his heels, you know. I mean, you know, the one one time that led to possibly Moyes' really only sort of biggish mistake was when... um, because I distinctly remember Adrian being in goal and us acquiring Joe Hart and um, the subject of uh, that year's World Cup coming up and Moyes more or less saying, oh, I think Joe, will, he'll get a run out, you know, if, 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 if Adrian can't hack it, Joe will play. And I think that really was, I think he had more or less promised Hart that he was going to get a run in the lead up to World Cup 2018. The second Adrian sort of, you know, just dropped the ball once. That was it. I mean, it's terrible. It's the worst yeah. going to play Joe Hart instead. And he had to eat humble pie and put Adrian back in because Hart was so fucking calamitous. Yes, it was. <laughs> But it was definitely, it felt like it was a sort of, he felt a moral, you know, he's quite a sort of moral guy, isn't he, Moyes? And he sort of thought, yes, no, Joe Hart, you've been hard done by. I'm going to give you a go and put you in the shop window for the World Cup this summer. You know, I'm going to do that for you because I'm a nice guy. And it's like, oh, don't be a nice guy, Moyes. He's rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, he was terrible. He's rubbish. 
you know, poor guy. Fab uh, had a good game. Yes, he did. Very good game. Um, I still worry that he doesn't come off his line at times when he when when uh, when he needs to. But um, but but his his shot stopping is is terrific. Um, and and he you know, he claimed a couple of good, good balls from corners and crosses as well. So yeah, he did all right. He's good. I think he's. I think he, where he had that injury, um, and he's yeah. come back from it. I think yeah. he's taking his time to get back into his stride. Yeah. I agree. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a yeah. What he's very good at is key moments, isn't he? He kind of he's very good at seeing the danger and smothering. You know, it's as much stopping the shot as it is just getting in the right position to cut off nearly every angle and just put his body in the way of that shot. And it's a good reading of the game. You know, that sort of often shot stopping is about sort of being able to just be a millisecond ahead and see where that shot's going to go. And uh, I think he's good at sort of in those big moments of smothering. Yeah, that uh, that reaction save last night was world-class, wasn't it? It was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um yeah, so, you know, uh, a very satisfying result. Great to see Diop score, you know. I think it's a, he's had a funny little saga, hasn't he? Because he 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 was fantastic when he first came and you thought, well, that's a, you know, testament to Pellegrini. He's found this kid who is just dynamite, you know. Um, old head on young shoulders. He's, he runs out with the ball. You know, he's he'll intercept things on the halfway line. You know, he'll carry the ball with him. And then suddenly, um, you know, you see people talking about him as if he's kind of an idiot child that we're sort of <laughs> just dragging along with us. And God, I hope we don't have to pick Diop, you know. Um, but he, he is good. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no, you know, so. At his best, he's very good. And I thought he had a good game last night. Still young. I mean, I think Moyes referenced this, mentioned this uh, at one point last night, I think, that he's um, he was affected quite badly by his bout of COVID, um, Diop. He's right. taken a long while to... He's had this long COVID thing um, and has taken quite a while to get to get back to speed. And, and uh, I was really pleased for him. I, I You know... A slightly hesitant start, but then really grew, really grew into that game. And of course, he does give you pace at the back that we otherwise mm-hmm. don't, we don't have. So you know, he adds to that little extra. And, and um, yeah, another set piece goal. Um, what I liked about that goal was that if it had gone slightly wide, Bowen was going to tuck it in, wasn't he? It was right yeah, on him. Yeah. So it was, it was going to be a goal or assist. One yeah. way or the other, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're kind of unstoppable at those in those situations at the moment. We've got so many different options for for corners. The only frustration frustrating thing is is when they don't put it in the mixer. Yeah, when they play the short ones, it's very weird. That, you know. <laughs> it's well, so it's, frustrating that is. Yeah, but it is again. You know, again, uh, the the sort of bewildering position we find ourselves in, watching a kind of reliable team that always puts a shift in, uh, even when they're playing badly, and will quite often nick a result without necessarily playing that well. Uh, being good at set pieces, Jesus Christ! I mean, Billy, yeah. I mean, yeah. people <laughs> rubbish at them unless yeah. it's by a with free kicks. Under Pellegrini, we were terrible at set pieces, defending them and taking yes. them. Terrible yes. at both of those aspects of, especially corners. You know, uh, extraordinary. I, I I don't want to say I, I told you so, but I said this on my last appearance on the podcast. I'm amazed 
that were scoring goals from set pieces. It just, it it was just an enigma to us. We only ever conceded. We never yeah. ever scored goals. And so, yeah. Phil, Phil, I've got to pull you up. You you can't feel guilty. Don't feel dirty. Don't 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 feel grubby about <laughs> no. scoring set pieces. It's not wholly associated with the likes of Sam Allardyce. A good no. set piece. You don't. It's like when who is it? Uh, when, I think it was Crouch when we used to play for England. You'd only in an international match, you'd only get so many opportunities to have, yeah. you know, a shot or a header on goal. And so some of the times when he just used to blatantly, you know, hit it as hard as he could or whatever, and it would squirrel off to the side, I'd be so furious, you know, because you don't get that many opportunities. And what I've come to realise is in the Premiership against well-organised teams, which Sheffield United should have really been last night. We shouldn't have had as many opportunities as we did. They were they were pretty poor last night. Let's be honest. Mm. But when so when we do get those opportunities, be it a set piece or open play, yeah, we all love to see a great flowing goal. You know, end to end stuff, fifteen different touches, and then a, a strike. You know, Lanzini esque into the top corner. Of course, we want to see that. We'd love to see that every week. But we're West Ham fans. Let's face reality. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna get good goals, if we're gonna keep those three points every game, as Jim now says, apparently he's guaranteed we're going to win every game. Yeah, I think he said earlier. So let's let's embrace that. Let's let's enjoy those set piece goals because yeah. when I see Dawson flying and wiping people out to, to to slam the ball in the back of that, that's a joy in itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know they are a big part of the modern game, aren't they? They are. You know they they. Um, you know, less so with penalties now that basically just penalties are just handed out like sweets by referees. Um, you know, except, corners, for, except to us, yeah, except to us for some strange reason. Um, they are, you know, they are a reward for your attacking endeavors. So, whether or not they they uh, are, are sort of folded into the area of attacking play, uh, they are a product of attacking play, you know. So, uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um the- to take us on a massive tangent here, I saw someone posting this on online on Facebook on the Stop Hammer Time thing earlier. I, I can't remember who it was now, so apologies. But they, they said that I think it was a poll. Oh, no fans, no fans in the ground. Are we playing better because there's no fans in the ground? Um, are we playing as well as we would have done under Moyes, even if there were fans there or not? What What are your guys' opinions on that? If I can put me on that. I think yes, Colin. I don't think any different. Colin, we uh, that's the road is This sounds like a transmission from outer space uh, that that is uh, interpreted by. Um, oh dear. No, that sounded like um, Morse code, didn't it? Um, <laughs> But I think what Colin was trying to say uh, was, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know, do we? Uh, I, you know, I think that that, for example, somebody, I think I think I might have seen that thread as well. And that might be the one where somebody said, you know, that comeback against Spurs wouldn't have happened because the fans would have been so on top of the team uh, once we were 3-0 down that that comeback wouldn't have happened. I doubt that. I sort of think that actually when the first one went in, the fans would have been very much like we were when we were watching her on Zoom, kind of thinking, God, there's enough time. Here we go, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's enough time for this to be a comeback. In fact, it's sort of almost that kind of textbook time, a sort of short but enough. And, um, 
you know, like Liverpool's Istanbul, uh, you know, performance. Yeah. You kind of go, it's not, it's not, not in, it's not like five minutes. It's like fifteen, and that's actually a good amount of time to get three goals in. You know, if it was the whole second half, it probably end up being three two. But because it's fifteen minutes, you just go at them all guns blazing, you know. And, uh, you know, I think that would have, that you know, the excitement in the stadium when that happened would have been, you know, extraordinary. In fact, we, it's quite possible we might have won it. Yeah, well, I mean, the away, the away support is rarely, if ever, negative. I mean, you know, I, I've been no. away season ticket holder. Phil, you've been on plenty of away trips with me mm. over the past God knows how many years. And you can I it's I'm hard pushed to remember a time when there was a sort of sense that the away support was turning against the team. No. And we've watched some appalling shite, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. we've had some wretched. I mean, there's uh so you know, a lot of humor, you know, a lot of kind of um uh, ironic humor, but uh rarely animosity directed at at, at players or at the team. And I think most clubs are like that. You know, it's, it tends to be home crowds that, that are a bit, you know, I mean we've been to Anfield in recent times where, you know, they do the, they sing the, um, you'll never walk alone at the start, wave some flags and they sit down their asses and shut up for the rest of the 90 minutes. And and you can hear the shouts of the, of the players, you know, um, yeah, whereas, yeah. I remember, whereas I remember going to Anfield and uh, uh, I can't remember if we lost or drew. We might have drawn and uh, the singing about John Joe Shelby was very, very funny. <laughs> the uh, Voldemort one. Yeah, Harry Potter, yeah. He's, he's coming for you. It was yeah. all very funny. And once that started, the West Ham fans were very good natured for the whole of yeah. the game. And like yeah. a lot and, of, uh, you know, you're, you're on a diet, you, you normally had a, beer or two and you're on you're, you're on a day out so you're going to have enjoy yourself whatever whatever happens in terms of the football I mean I think um football generally has, has has been it's been the case that home crowds are not as vociferous as they were in the days of terraces and that's been a thing that's happened to the game just generally and I I, I think it's very very difficult to second guess what might have been the case clearly it has affected the season it's a weird season there have been all kinds of weird results. Um, well, there are, really, yeah, there, you know, there, there are statistics yeah. about yeah. home advantage not being yeah. as great under lockdown as it was outside yeah. of lockdown. Yeah, um, but, I, but I think there's a specific point about West Ham and the idea that there'd be a load of negative fans kind of, kind of uh, getting on their backs at the first kind of, um, I, I, you know, I doubt whether that's, I, I don't think it's made us, you know, it's affected us any more than anybody else really. You know? Well, were the, um, sorry, Phil, the, I was just yeah. going to say, there was the the campaigning, you know, the GSB out campaigning and the, the shouts and cries and the guy running on the, the pitch grabbing the, the corner yeah. flag. That, you know, that did have an effect on the team. We saw that uh, affected sort of the team, whether it was just for the game or for a period of time. And, you know, I'm not calling out those guys that done it if, Passionate fans, you know, they, you need to be passionate fans to, mm-hmm. to go ahead and do something like that. Um, but I, I do think, you know, that the crowd reaction does have an effect on players. You know, we've seen it, we've all seen it at home when the third one's gone in against, um, you know, uh, I, I've been there when we're 3 0 up at half time on two occasions, in fact, and we've lost 4 3, Wimbledon and West Brom. And, you know, the moans and the groans 
and it's that steamroll effect, like you said, for the Spurs game. Once one or two goes in for the opposition, they're up, they're, 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 their tails are up. They're, they're looking to sort of go, right, well, we can actually get back here. We can do something. And the, def- you know, the defeatist sort of attitude starts to seep into the, to the team. And more importantly, it seeps into the crowd. You know, if that crowd could just turn around and, and get behind them, stay on top of them, would they be any better off? Who knows? Um, I, th- I don't want to wear those claret and blue tinted spectacles and say, well, it, it was different at, at, at the bowling, you know, because it wasn't. Um, those of us that remember it, especially in the last few seasons, you know, when you're a lot younger, sort of in the, the 80s when I was at the back of this house down with my dad and stuff, it, uh, and, you know, jumping up and down and going crazy, it, it, you didn't tend to have that because those crowds tended to sing a lot more, if I'm honest. Yeah. And that's the kind of crowd that has been, as as Jim says, sort of filtered into those away games, you know, uh, they've been concentrated um, until we get almost like that pure West Ham feeling at those away occasions. And we know we're out for the day anyway, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a laugh. You've got to train somewhere, you've had a few drinks and you, you're out enjoying the day. And if you're 4-0 down, then you start picking on a member of the opposition crowd and start having a laugh with them and it's, and it, and it's good banter. Um, yeah. But the- at home, you can just, oh, sub this, you know, kick kick the cat as you get home from jumping on the on the train sort of 15-minute walk from the station. Yeah, I mean, this season's been, uh, you know, um, it's difficult to judge because our third and fourth uh, scores were, were a 3-0 and a 4-0. Uh, you know, so we've played very well this season and I don't think, I don't think we could sort of speculate that the fans would sort of have their memory wiped between each game we play and, uh, um, you know, the the people would be tearing their season tickets up after the first half against Brighton where we didn't play very well and never go back again, never see us get to fourth, never see us get to fifth. I think yeah. you know, they'd sort of take that on the chin and sort of finish. I don't know if that was a home or away game, but we sort of finished the second half sort of okay in that game and we didn't lose it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny you say that. The, the, the comments online where we see Man United losing games now, Liverpool losing games and, you know, it's like, oh, well, we should have beaten them. You know, oh well, how come sweet? But you, you, you can't, you can't say that. It's, there's a there's a phrase that I'm sure we're all aware of, which is if if your auntie had bollocks, she'd be your uncle. You can't look at things in that in that way. You know, you can only play the team that's out there that night performing that night. And that the Man United Cup game, if we'd have performed like that in the league against them, ninety minutes nil nil, we'd have come away patting ourselves on the back, saying what a great performance that was. Totally solid. Didn't give them a sniff. Yeah, you know, absolutely. To come away from it, disappointed. I mean, I was absolutely gutted. I'm. I think all West Ham fans have a, a, a deep affiliation with a good cup run. Really want a good cup run. Um, so I was as gutted as anyone else. Um, especially as my fifty quid bet went down to Swanee. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wasn't disheartened by the performance. I didn't think we played terrible. I thought Man United were back to them. Magnificent best that night, and they carried their their league form very well into the cup. So did, yeah. you can't you yeah. can't look back at those games. I think the only game we played poorly this season is right at the beginning, which was Newcastle. And yeah. I think that was lear- learning what what Moyes actually wanted from the team. Absolutely. Uh, well, we've got Spurs coming up uh, at the weekend, uh, and we'll talk about that after this message.
If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Uh, yes, so um, we are going to be playing uh, Tottenham Hotspur six days after this game on Sunday. So we're actually back to a, uh, a more manageable game a week uh, formula as opposed to the three games in eight days formula we've had uh, to this point. So players will have had a bit of rest. He's dropped four nouns a couple of times, hasn't he? I don't think he's yeah. gone off four nouns, but it's, I think it's just, you know, it's all resting him, isn't it? Rested Ben yeah. Mark yesterday, you know, <clears throat> rotating those guys, you know, me yeah. they're hungry when they come back and also not knackered. Um, yeah. uh, you know, there's uh, <laughs> there's the proverbial, it's a good time to play dot, yeah. dot, dot thing. But, <laughs> uh, you know... Um, you know, certainly uh, Mike Lee, who uh, co-runs the staple of podcasts that this is one of, and who presents the Spurs show today, um, uh, you probably saw this message, uh, Jim said, the football's turgid, our defence is very average. I yeah. think he, he's hoping that uh, Sunday's game will be Mourinho's last. Um, oh, wow. He says if you wow. take Son, Kane and, uh, and Dombele out of it, it's a very average side, um, you know. Yeah, but that's quite a big proportion of the side. I mean, you know, they are those those guys are class, aren't they? So yeah, and they will be in the side. So um, so much for the return of the Welsh wizard, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, he's sort of alienated uh, Mourinho's alienated uh, Deli Ali. Uh, uh, mm. Invoked earlier and uh, doesn't <laughs> feel he wants to. Um, you know, play Gareth Bale much. And, and you're sort of going, hmm, does that seem wise if you're losing these games? You've got this bloke from Real Madrid who you could give a run out to. And you've also got this other guy who's sort of, you know, always, you know, I don't like him, but Deli Ali seems sort of pretty good to me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, the, I, I hope we will have learned from the Liverpool game where he was saying the same sort of thing. It's a good time to play Liverpool. It's a kind of big, yeah. this is a moment where we can really um, push on. And I thought we froze in that game. And I thought Liverpool treated it like, like you know, as it was, you know, mu a must-win game for them. Um, uh, and I would say, I, I, would say I, don't, I think we will. I think we will learn from it. And I think we will attack this game with a bit of with with dynamism and energy because I think that's what it needs. But it'll be tough. They have got quite they're 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 you know lacking form and confidence at the moment. Spurs, you know they they've 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 forms fallen off a bit of a cliff. But they have great individual players who can win a game for you in a, in a, in, a, in a moment, and um, it could click for them, couldn't it? So, you know, I think I think. We must, 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 must not have that sort of sense of kind of 
freezing on the occasion and uh just just go just go for them really really lay into them you know lots of energy play the game at a fast tempo um and you know we've got every chance i think it's you know of, of getting a result yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, it, you know, I think we said this on the podcast last, or I said this on the podcast last week, the, the, the Liverpool game was one of the only games where I sort of thought we were just um, second best in midfield for the whole game. Liverpool had a yeah. kind of diamond in midfield. And I think they sort of, you know, they dedicated those four to the middle of the park. And then they had Origi up front, possibly on his own. Or maybe they had a kind of four-four-two, and there was someone with him. But... Um, uh, they just suddenly felt like we had two guys in the middle of our park, Suchek and Rice, and they had four. And you go, that's twice as many. And and we, you know, possibly needed to match them by having a couple of guys um, dedicated to existing in the middle of the park uh, alongside um, Suchek and Rice. Uh, and uh, it'd be interesting to see you know, where the midfield battle goes against Spurs because they've got good midfielders, haven't they? Got that, you know. Well, they, I mean, on paper, they're, they're, they are they are a really a good better side. side. You know? yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't deny that. They're just, they're just not doing very well at the moment. Um, Colin, what do I you mean, expect? Oh, not there. Mm. Oh, Colin! I'm I've lost afraid, Colin again. I'm afraid that's that's um. You filled up about one percent of the air with sound there. <laughs> it's just <laughs> not enough even to infer. We can't even read between the lines of what Colin's saying because there aren't enough lines to read. I can now see him in a frozen position on my computer screen. Could he could he hold up hold up some tea leaves? Maybe we could yeah. interpret what he's going to say. Uh, what he's doing with his with his fingers, he is predicting uh, that nil four Spurs will beat us for No, sorry, uh, he's predicting a four nil victory for uh, uh, West Ham. I think to do the hams. Well, that's um, that's. that's... And now he's making a some now kind he's of gesture. For time out for some reason, yeah. or a cup yeah. of tea, maybe. I don't, it's yeah. very difficult. He's doing something with a wristed action now, with re- response to the <laughs> name Spurs being said. So. Yes, something. <laughs> I feel this is directed at Deli Alley. These, these <laughs> well, gestures. It, it's funny, Phil, because you know mentioning Spurs on this podcast is for those of us that are aficionados of of the wonderful work of Rick Mayo and Bottom, you know, when he walks in a room and says, who mentioned Sandy Toxvig? Yeah, it's it's a bit like that, you know, it, it's that feeling of, you know, what's the smell in the room? Um, I've got nothing against Sandy Toxvig, incidentally. No. Um, fine work. But I, I don't know. I think I think it's going to be tough. They They need... They need a kick up the arse. This is the perfect game for them to 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 metal down and and really have a go. Um, especially if you know, as we are, we generally are set up to let the opposition have more of the ball. Um, they're pretty effective, like Jim was saying. Their front three are are uh, uh, are pretty much well cast. We need to be on our game. I, I, personally, I'd love. Um, Ogbonna to be back for the game don't think he will be uh, by all accounts um, that said one of those games that Phil you alluded to earlier where Diop 
shone like a beacon was against Spurs. Yeah, yeah, we went to that game. Uh, yeah. You know, there was one of uh, Pellegrini's very few obvious pieces of uh, game management predicting what we would uh, have to face against Spurs because he recalled, um, I think, both Diop and Fredericks because of their speed. And um, a lot of that was keeping Son quiet. You know, yeah. they because they like they like a ball over the top, like you know the way we were kind of undone by uh, Newcastle when um, Pablo Zabaleta was utterly humiliated by Sam Maximan and um, uh, uh, Joe Linton's uh, no the sort of um, South American guy's pace. Um, you know, they were they quite often look for a ball over the top for Son to run onto, don't they? Yeah, they that, like that to, diagonal you know, ball. They like that diagonal. Yeah, ball. yeah, yeah, they love that. And um, you know, if Son gets a run at you. And Lucas Moura, you know, they're they're um, you know, you're either heading for a penalty if you don't get them to the by the time they've got into the 18-yard box, or you're just in trouble anyway because they're you know they're, um, they're good. The on advantage the ball. we've got, the advantage we've got is that Mourinho does not pull surprises. He sets his team out every single game exactly the same way to do the same job. Yeah. Um, so tactically, you can preempt what he's going to be doing. It's just doing the job to counter it. Um, and I think, well, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, that we'll be able to do it against Moyes. Uh, you know, the, the run we're on now, Jim, as you said, we don't expect to lose. <laughs> but, but, but the run we're on, it would be, I would be, and I'm going to say a naughty word, I would be tremendously pissed off if out of that great run that we've had, we let it all down, especially against that mob up the road. Rude word coming. Oh, no, you finished. Oh, I, I said, oh, right. okay. I, I can right. say fuck or shit as well. Could you? That would be hugely helpful. Helpful, if, yeah. helpful if you could. It's the type of thing I like. Um, I really hate sports. I fucking hate them. There you go. Yes, many people don't like them. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, no, it'd be great, wouldn't it? I mean, he's uh, it's like this sort of second part of Mourinho's career is leaving clubs under a cloud, isn't it? Chelsea, they did badly. They didn't like him. They got rid of him. Man U. And uh, it looks, I mean, unless he turns things around very quickly, they don't seem to like him much at Spurs. And uh, you know, certainly judging from the few Spurs fans I know, they, they're really not very pleased with him at all. Um, but that has turned, isn't it? They were at the top of the table a while back, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, part of this yeah very I, mean, strange I mean, there are several clubs that were... Southampton. Top of the table who've fallen up, yeah. Southampton's fallen away yeah. completely, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just think we've got to keep it's a kind of tortoise hare thing, isn't it? We just to keep plodding along, keep picking up points, um, and keep that consistency. I must admit, I think, before, the, before the Sheffield United game, sorry, Jim, uh, that you know, there was a consensus amongst me and, and my amateur supporting peers that we were just waiting for the, for the wheels to come off, you know, yeah. after, especially after that FA yeah. Cup game. We're like, oh, here we go. You know, they, they're going to knock us all over the park, grab a 1-0 header from a corner, set piece or something, and uh, we'll huff and we'll puff. And it wasn't like that at all. And I think we just got to get used to that feeling. Like you said at the, earlier, you know, get weird. used to that feeling. We could really we could weird. actually put another win. We could get yeah. another win there, you know. It feels weird starting games feeling optimistic. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I think it's it is a big ask to uh, have a second half of the season as good as the first half of the season. But there are certain things that are encouraging. The fact that if we sort of play a not all that great game, there's often a reaction the next game. That's sort of very pleasing to me because often those games like uh, you know Billich's. Uh, sort of first season arguably even that uh, 15-16 season the second half wasn't as good as the first half and a bit of complacency dug in but um, you know Allardyce's last season decent start terrible second half of the season Um, you know you know, I think I've said this before on the podcast. I don't know how many teams' second halves of the season are as good as their first halves. You know, uh, but I feel that you know th- there have been some you know alarming sort of changes of fortune in form, like Southampton's. Um, you know, Brighton are on the ascendancy. Fulham are on the ascendancy. Teams are going to start taking points off each other. But if we can sort of uh, keep the performances consistent, if we have a bad game you know, rally ourselves, play well in the next game, just keep putting points, you know. Um, I think, it, you know, it's sort of encouraging. The signs are encouraging. How yeah. do you think we are, like, this season, compared with that first season under Billich when we've done so well, how do you think they compare, you know, in terms of management, team spirit, performances, etc.? Well, I, I, I think, um, I mean, clearly this is the best season since then. Um that that we had a we had a world class player. I mean, I, I really, he would have got into a world eleven at the time he was playing for us, Bayern, wouldn't he? And he he nominated was, for the uh, for that as well, wasn't he, Ballon d'Or? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he we 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 turned into amazing performances against top clubs. Those away wins at City, at Liverpool, um, you know. But we also we also got um, we got thumped at, at Tottenham, didn't we? Uh, that was mm. a four-one thumping. Uh, we got thumped at home by Swansea the week before the great game against Manchester United, and then tamely fell away to Stoke in the last game of the season. So there were there was a sort of sense in which it was mercurial. It was exciting, the thrilling football with a lot of good attacking players. Um, you know, uh, there were some great moments, and we remember it through the prism. I think of of, of that. Last season, last game at the at the Berlin. Um, this has been altogether different. It's it is that kind of it's a more machine like kind of um, consistent, as we've said, um, um, accumulation of points, isn't it? I mean, mm. you know, winning games where you don't play well, but we haven't really looked like. I mean, we 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 tonked Wolves. Um, we haven't really looked like kind of going to a. a unless we have an absolutely smashing them going on a goal riot um, but on the other hand we don't concede many and there aren't many games where we don't score they pick up the goal somewhere you know, well, you know our last three games uh, even though it had a nil-nil in it we've uh, scored six conceded one wow. you know in our last three matches we had a, a you know a yeah. three, three one, a three nil and a nil-nil you know so, as, as I put up on the Facebook page you know last night yeah, this isn't the West Ham that I grew up with. I'm disgusted. GSB out, you know, Moyes out. It's, yeah, it's yeah. terrible. How how dare we not concede <laughs> goals and score score and beat yeah. beat teams? You know, you know. I think it's uh, you know that the uh, the Billich uh, fifteen sixteen team had you know Arsenal's 
Carl Jenkinson, Barcelona's Alex Song, you know, and uh, our own sort of acquisitions. Uh, this this team is a little bit more like a, a, a team of sort of, you know, discoveries. Um, you know, Suchek has been sort of surprisingly great. Um, you know, Ogbonna, who's been with us for a long time since the 15-16 season, has, you know, just got a new lease of life. Antonio's been transformed. Uh, and, you know, players have come in, um, like Bowen, uh, who have been terrific. Rice has just come into his own as a sort of, you know, central defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in that respect, and I think we've said this before, it is, it's a little bit like Pardew's uh, um, you know, good premiership season because that sort of was predicated on sort of energy and drive. You know, our, our midfield sort of engine was really good in that one season. Before, yeah, there are so, more like that. Yeah. Before Rio Coco so, lost interest. Yeah, I mean, pl- players are playing in their preferred position and playing in a system where they're at attributes are are to the fore and we're requiring players to play in a system rather than because whoever is deciding to buy that player feels that oh he'll be a good acquisition for the team and not listening to the manager you know you can clearly see Moyes the, the, the players that have come in have been brought in because Moyes wants them to fulfill a particular role in a system that he's dedicated to, you know, or, or one or two systems, shall we say, that he's dedicated to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and finding the players it, that are already there. It's not like there. we're crowbarring players. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, we're repurposing not, repurposing ones we've already got, like Masuaku, you know, he, obviously he'd done it before, but converting him to a wing-back, um, playing Johnson on the wrong side because we didn't have anyone else to play on the left, but knowing he could do it. We haven't and... seen it this season where... Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to call out again sort of Johnson's performance last night. I know very quickly, but... Oh, Phil's breaking up now. <laughs> God, it's all, it's all going wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Phil's, uh, Phil's gone into a long tunnel. <laughs> Long tunnel, a cone of silence. Yes. Um, we're waiting for Phil to come back, Jim. What is <laughs> your prediction? <laughs> it's like we're losing. We're losing. This is like a sort of uh, movie where people are murdered every sort of hey, for, for a young lad coming into the oh, No way. Oh, Can you back. hear me? Ah, yes. yeah, you're back. You're back. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I think I hit a button. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> just saying that the, the, the team that I think I'm playing music now as well. Can you hear that? No. no. Oh, good. It's just me then. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, you know, something. Uh, something uh, faint. Hold on. What's going on? Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. I oh, hear that's you. great. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah. So I was, I was just saying that, um, that it, it's good to have a team that has been built around a system and a manager's belief for that system rather than. A manager coming in and saying, well, we'll need to play that way because that's all we've got, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
um, and playing to their strengths. It's like, you know, the the sort of swapping of roles between Rice and Suchek is really good. It's sort of not, you know, uh, at times you can't tell which is the defensive midfielder and which is the attacking midfielder because they swap those roles very well. Like when Bishop and Moncur played together, you know, Bishop about that pairing said, well, we never really decided which of us was the defensive midfielder and which was the attacking midfielder because we just thought, well, if we keep the ball, we don't have to do any defending. So we could both attack. <laughs> You know, and so it's, it's incumbent on us to just not not give the ball away, and then then it doesn't matter who's got which job. And I think that's a sort of you know good way to look at it. And they do seem to you know really sort of instinctively find a way to make two possibly ostensibly similar players work very well in the same area of the field. You know, it's, um, I don't I don't think Bishop and Moncur could actually ever understand a word that Harry was saying. To be fair. No, no, that's uh, that, that's, that's true. They probably just ignored his instructions and just got on with their own, uh, uh, got on, on with their own thing, didn't they? They knew uh, everything was terrific, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Was the, yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the diff- better. <laughs> well, it's that classic story when someone had got a head injury, wasn't it? It's like, oh, he's concussed, Harry. Well, we'll send him back on and tell him he's Pele. He's Pele, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think the team now, even when we concede, you don't see those heads going down and, oh, we've got an uphill struggle or we've got a mountain to climb now. It's like, right, we'll, we'll go again. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's based yeah. very much on on energy as well. You know, four yeah. nails. I said to someone the other day, four nails is like, oh, show me age now, but a, a modern-day Peter Butler. You know, because yeah. he doesn't yeah. necessarily do anything hugely spectacular, but he, the, he runs himself into the ground every single game. He always makes himself available as well. He, yeah. He, he, I mean, going back further, he's a modern day uh, Graham Padden as well. Oh, that is before my time. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a better that's a better comparison because I think technically he's, he's, he's a lot better player than Peter Butler yeah. ever was. Although I love Butler, I mean, and I love this is is all action style. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's some there's some quality in four nails as well. He can pick a pass. Yeah, there's some, there's some and that, that's exactly why I brought Padden into the equation because I mean there's a guy that was an all-round footballer as well, um, yeah. and a little like Fornells as well. Um, Graham Padden should have had more goals in him, and, and never quite got into that double figure yeah. as a midfielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good. I point. think with the talent around Fornells, you know, like Ben Ramas, Lanzini's, Lingard. He's, he feels almost obliged to play it on to them, you know, rather than take a shot. Yeah, yeah. And let's be honest, like last night we saw, we saw Jesse Lingard play, you know, he's had two cracks outside of the box. He's shot twice mm. outside the box and forced a, a save out the keeper. And to be fair, mm. both of those saves were parries as well. If someone's following in, if we did yeah, have yeah. that, that yeah. Antonio, yeah. that number nine up top, following in, they would have tucked them away. Mm-hmm. So... It's nice to see shots outside the box. That's another reason to sort of, yeah. you know, applaud Lingard coming into the squad. We've, we've you not see seen I mean, that. As somebody mentioned earlier about the set pieces goals, we're relying on them too much. I mean, I'm just pleased that we're actually getting set piece goals now. Yeah. Um, but but I, I think if we had sharper shoot, shooting boots, we'd be scoring an awful lot from open play as well. I mean, yeah, definitely. With, uh, with Lingard, that's the hope because he's a guy that gets it on target most of the time. Whereas yeah. with anybody else, you're wondering whether it's going to go wide or above or it's actually going to be on target at all. I oh. think 
I think that's that's a quality, an important quality. It's a good point, and it's an important quality that he adds because I think at various mm. points this season where we have been disappointed with uh, with West Ham's plays is final final decision making it yeah, and around exactly. the penalty area, the yeah. final ball, whether to shoot or whether to kind of lay it off or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that Lingard brings is absolute decisiveness and quality in that in that final. Decision making around the box. He, you know, yeah. um, the two I, I goals. Think... The two goals Lindgaard scored against Villa. The goalkeeper gets to them exactly. both times, but he exactly. hits it hard. He yeah. hits it hard. Yeah, yeah. And 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 um, it's hard and on target. And 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 yeah. you know, as Phil, you said that uh, you know, there's always a chance of a parry out into a kind of a, an attacking player. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the fact that we have four nows and Bowen um, is, you know, a, a sort of attests to the fact that they're they're not quite at sort of, you know, Real Madrid or PSG uh, or Bayern Munich level or indeed Manchester City level. And sometimes it is a little bit that sort of final decision making in the final ball. But yeah. you put two or three of them together and then suddenly you've got something that other teams worry about. And they're always going to, they all have qualities that other teams are going to worry about. They're mobile, they're quick, yeah. and they're look good at, at each other. Look at the likes of Suchek and, and, and Kufal, or Kushal, or however you pronounce it. Mm. You know, th- those players are out there. You know, yeah. they yeah. don't necessarily have to be 20, 30, 40 million. You know, the Hallers of, of this world, you know, I don't mean to, as Phil said no. it earlier, invoke him, you know, but mm. um, they, they, those players are out there. I mean, who else in the Premiership right now would give their right arm for for those two Czech players to be in their squad, yeah, absolutely, you know, and, and pay between them whatever it was, eight million and five billion or something. Is that right? I think so. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's when you have a, when you have a sort of game plan, you're looking for players to fit that plan rather than sort of just trying to assemble a Harlem Globetrotter style collection of fantastic footballers. You know, like yeah. um, Craig Dawson is what we needed, and the idea that we were linked. With with Tarkovsky, with a view to sort of paying, I mean, what how, what was he valued at? A few players, a few clubs wanted after him, fifty they? million for him. Yeah, 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 like you know, <clears throat> I mean, he fits the bill. You know, we thought he'd be an understudy to uh, Ogbonna, Diop, and Balbuena. Yeah. You know, he, he does fit the bill, but I mean, he, they've had to do an awful lot more defending this year. And I think that he's been caught out at Burnley an, an awful lot this season in glaring er- errors. And when we talked about Dawson having an error in him at all, uh, but the two big lads at the back of Burnley um, have let an awful lot of goals pass them this season, and it's yeah. very un-Burnley-like. So I, yeah. I think we probably dodged a bullet by paying a lot of money for that guy. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, and um, when some that you've bought in to you know, just really be cover, be your sort of fourth fourth place central yeah. defender actually gets gets a run out and plays so well every game that you just can't displace him you know that's great that's great to have that you know it's an attritional position you're going to get injuries there any any you know you we've always said this that you need four first team center backs then you're in a in a squad and i think yeah. the the fear people had was that Dawson was a kind of stopgap couldn't wasn't really a first team and he's just he's just made everyone who thought that look silly, hasn't he? Yeah, really? yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're quite lucky in that position now because we know that we can always bring Crespi inside if we need to. Yeah. Um, and, and at the same time, as I understand it, Suchik's played in that position in the Czech Republic as well. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think I think he's had centre half experience. So um, I wouldn't rush too much, other than age, to replace those centre halves. Yeah, I mean, right their thirties. Bryce has played there as well, but I wouldn't want mm, Bryce yeah. to check back there because well, it, it no, detracts he, he, from the midfield. Yeah, but I, I get your yeah. point. I get your point. But 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 it's an emergency situation yeah. rather than the choice, isn't it? Yeah, agree. Well, just as uh, Colin, you seem to have stabilised your uh, your <laughs> signal, uh, therefore your communication. Well, is, I'm, I'm is a intergalactic but... spirit. Yeah. We're going to have to yeah. wrap this up because we've probably been going about an hour 20 yeah. now. My, so, uh, in, in case somebody pinched it, I was going to go for 4-0 for Tottenham. 4-0, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's um, that's brave. That's almost Whelan's-esque. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was deliberately designed to stop you yeah, taking that score. Yeah, it's like a sort of filibuster <laughs> or spoiler yeah. for my decision. So, so I'm a while, stalking horse. While I think of one... Uh, um, what is a stalking horse? Well, it's a candidate you put up with no hope of winning, and that's usually me. <laughs> right. Um, so, what, is, what, what, what do you think? Where does that expression come from? Stalking? Have we got time? We haven't got time. Yes, we have. Well, <laughs> Tim, Tim, where does the expression stalking horse come from? Well, I presume it must be, must a, be a racing. Horse. A racing uh, I think it is, yeah. It's, it's an image, isn't it? It's a, it's a racing image, but it's used. Very often in the it's usually used in, used in the very precise political context of a Tory leadership election, isn't it? They yeah. normally I, that that nineteen twenty two committee, whatever it is, normally sets up a somebody yeah. gets you know some Bufton Tufton from but, the Shires, basically a stalking horse that kicks I it off. Yeah. I think it comes from David a, Cameron. Is his name, isn't it, Jim? I think. Sorry, yeah. David Cameron's his name, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the racing tradition, as far as I remember, is that. It's it's called a stalking horse because basically you're taking them from the same stable, so you're trying to get somebody from the oh, stable okay. to, 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 if you like, to look like the outsider, so your own favourite can win. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's oh, yeah, uh, that that's, makes sense. Uh, yeah. Um, next week on Fun with Words, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wanker. Where does that expression come from? <laughs> Is it yes. Um, <laughs> Delhi Alley. No. Um, so, uh, Jim, what's your prediction? Well, um, I was going to go for 4 0, but um, right. <laughs> that's been taken. No. Uh, um, I predicted a high scoring draw in the away game, which turned out to be correct, if you remember. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be a tight affair. I think it might be a little bit more negative and scrappy um, than uh, we might be expecting a, a, a traditional game between West Ham and Spurs. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to West Ham. A 2-1 win to the Hams. Interesting. Bill's Phil... pissed off already. I can see it by his yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Pitt, what are you going for? Yeah, thanks, Jim. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was either 2-1 or 4-0. So uh, <laughs> I think... Unfortunately, I think they will score. I think Son and uh, and Kane up front uh, have got enough guile to, uh, in the in the nicest phrase, penetrate us. So I think they'll score. I'm hoping it's limited to one. I I, I want us to win. I'm going to let my heart rule my head because I can't go two one. I'm going to go three one. Although. I would be amazed if we got three goals, but I'm going to go three-one. Um, excellent. Is it is it home or away? 
Home. Home. Then I say West Ham United, three. Tottenham Hotspur, two. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like a good game, that. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be an excellent game. All right. Uh, well, that has uh, been it for this week's Stop Hammer Time. Um, how did you manage to fix your uh, your internet, Colin? You don't want to know. Have you turned your whole house uh, off and on again? No, I moved the clothes horse from in front of the router. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell us you've got your wife perched on a box holding an aerial yeah. in the air or I, I, something. I, I, now, I, I, why, I, is a, why is a clothes horse called a clothes horse? <laughs> <laughs> Did people used to dry their clothes because on the horse? It's to do with the 1922 commission. The 1922 commission. <laughs> it, it's um, getting a bit old and it can no longer stalk. Ah, <laughs> oh, right, right. So now it's a, yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent. Well, this has been a very informative stop, Hammer Time. Uh, with me this week have been, as always, Jim Grant. Cheerio. Colin Milne. Just about. <laughs> Just about. And uh, Phil Pitt. Far too much. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. And uh, my name's Phil Whelans. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.